The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. One of my favorite topics of the year. We're talking 2023 fades and drafts, all coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports, and by Underdog Fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contest in the industry. It is Sunday night. I am Scott Jensen. Join us always on Sundays by Jeff Erickson. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we do appreciate that. Also, Jeff, uh, I know you're off a uh, draft here, so you're fully in baseball mode. How is everything? Uh, Everything's good. I'm 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 ninety percent in baseball mode. I'm ten percent right. in college basketball mode too. Did Northwestern uh, win again this weekend? We did. We beat Rutgers. Uh, I didn't get to watch the game because it was uh, going on during the scarf draft that I was is, doing. Is Rutgers good in basketball? Uh, they were okay. Uh, right. it, it made, Northwestern's the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. It's wow. the first time we've gotten the double buy. How many uh, teams in the Big Ten now? Like sixteen or something? Uh, Fourteen will be sixteen when we get SC in the All right, I knew it was a sixteen in there somewhere. Um, yep. So that was that 10, 12, 14 teams that like one by two buys. How does that work? Uh, four teams get the double buy. So double buy. So you don't, you don't play for the first two rounds then. Correct. First time ever for us. Wow. And we're going to make the tournament. Um, as a, two, as the two seed, I hope so. What are you going to be like a four or five seed in the tournament? Uh, more likely six or seven. Okay. Um, Unless you win a couple games in the big 10 tournament. Yeah. 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 It, it would. Yeah. I, I think even then best will be is like a five. Um, right. our non-conference schedule isn't that great with our, your, our, uh, our with, your with your history of five seed probably sounds pretty freaking awesome uh, it sounds amazing yeah sounds amazing that's beautiful so uh one of my favorite podcasts here we're gonna talk uh 2023 fades this uh this evening we're gonna do uh kind of go by position by position each of us will give one of one guy that we're not drafting uh under the rules i put in place got to be someone in the top half of the draft uh, you know as i said i think and we talked nobody cares if i'm fading Jace Peterson or Elizabeth Diaz. We're going to talk about players that people are actually drafting, drafting pretty high, enjoying drafting. Um, again, this is not that we don't like a player or don't think they're good. It's just at the price. Uh, we don't find them to be uh, someone we're going to draft. But first, a uh, a first, a few uh, news and notes here. Just uh, some stuff. I'm going to ask you real quick. There's been a lot of chatter on Fantasy Baseball Twitter this weekend about all the rookies that are moving up in drafts. we got Jordan Walker um, having, a, having a big spring so far, a lot of buzz. Maybe he'll make the team out of camp. Anthony Volpe, Brandon Fat, uh, Zach Veen from Colorado had three stolen bases the other night. Um, 
I know we talked last week about, you know, impacting season or your spring training stats and all that and not getting caught up on that. But how do you feel about rookies? These are people that, you know, potentially are making runs to make teams. Are, are you pushing some of these guys up? How do you feel about uh, the helium on some of these rookies this week? I saw I saw a tweet uh, somewhere that uh, Jason Dominguez got drafted in the 17th round of a of a draft champions this weekend. It's uh, it seems like it's uh, everybody's crazy for the rookies right now. Well, I mean, I think we we've been spoiled by recent examples. You know, you know, you look at Julio and Bobby Witt last year, Mm -hmm. uh, two examples that paid off, you know, what, you know, struggled initially, uh, but still we're worth the, we're worth the helium. And they, they had helium too. They were, they moved way up in drafts, especially the last weekend, especially Julio the last weekend. I mean, you could have got, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, you could have gotten him early in drafts, you know, you know, without the helium, but he really had a meteoric rise once we realized that he was going to make the team. People don't realize Spencer Spencer Torkelson had helium too, and that didn't yeah. work out nearly as well. Uh, I think, and it's my guess, not a full knowledge that th- this year's rookie class isn't that. It isn't like what we've had those guys. It's not. It's not a uh, Tatis. It's not Acuna. I mean, Tatis. If you remember when he made the team out of camp, it was this meteoric rise, and it wasn't enough. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't raise him enough. But there's so many other times when we try to do this and it doesn't work out so well. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you got to boost them in playing time. Like Veen is someone I'm, I'm too low in right now. I don't have any Veen in my life right now. Um, you're not even a keeper of Dynasty League. So I need to readdress that one there. Uh, probably will do so after this podcast tonight. Uh, yeah, 50, 55 stolen bases last year. Dude is legit fast. Yeah. Jordan Walker is going to, seems like he's going to make the team. Uh, I, I think. And, you know, you can even f- try to, like, fade, okay, I'll fade rookie pitchers because, hey, Andrew Painter's already hurting. But I remember there's, like, Alex Fernandez was pretty darn good coming up. You know, it's like there, there, uh, there, there's pitcher, that, you know, uh, there, there's, there's, there's some pitchers that fit that bill too. Uh, so I think we it, it could be a blind spot if you just want to yeah. say spring training doesn't mean anything because that's not true. Yeah, Spencer Strider wasn't bad last year either. Right. And he didn't even have a role last year. He was yeah. undrafted even after dominating in spring training. Yeah, Saw him did. on opening night. Um, and I was able to draft him in a keeper league, the staff keeper league, because we had a late draft that year uh, in the reserve rounds. And it's like, well, just got myself a keeper now as it worked, as it turns out. Yeah, that's nice. He he was an early, early pickup in leagues. And even then he was like, well, he's not going to start as me at the bullpen. And all of a sudden he just obviously well, up everywhere. But... Well, they had the false start. You know, he said, oh, we're moving to the rotation. Then yep. they didn't move him to the rotation. So then some people even dropped him and yep. then picked him back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun, like, first 10 days of spring training. We just have a lot of guys. A lot of these big names are, are hitting really well, and it, it's been it's been fun there. Uh, we had some news today. Uh, Mike Clevenger won't face discipline from MLB. Um, sounds like he's still awaiting a decision on the Players Association front. He's willing to take whatever they give him. Um, I, it's always a sticky situation here, what we do here. Do you, do you move his projection up? What do you do with someone like Clevenger? You know... I, I haven't quite figured it out because I don't know what what where he's at right now. Uh, I know he's got a, he's undergoing like counseling from the league. Uh, yeah. So there's I don't think the story is completely done uh, yet. Uh, nonetheless, I think you can draft him. Draft him late. You're getting enough of a discount. If you don't want to draft him at a principle, I can't fault you for that either. Um, he also took a big step backwards on the field last year. Too. Yeah, he did. His, uh, he did. His, his strikeout rate was down six percent. His swing strikeout was down a couple percent. Um, his whip he's a was, reserve pitcher right now, right? Yeah, he was four three three one two zero ratios. I mean, 
I don't think he'd be reserved if he hadn't had any of the off-field stuff going on. I mean, people still, uh, you know, people still look at 2019. Like, my, the guy was really, really good that year. But uh, you know, he's uh, he's missed. He missed all of 2020 when he's bad last year. Um, so you've got you got two different factors here. I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see where he kind of ends up in, in ADP. Isn't but when couldn't you attribute last year to just being like the first year back from TGS too though? For sure. And then you get, uh, you know, he didn't really have control issues, but he definitely didn't have his stuff that he used to have. But yeah, that could be a, you know, kind of consolidation year getting back to from the surgery. So yeah, there's, and there's obviously big, uh, big pass to play. He was really good in 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, you know, on the White Sox now, a team that should score a bunch of runs, a tough ballpark to pitch in, but uh, should be a decent wins guy. Uh, he's definitely, he's definitely on the radar a lot more than he was uh, a couple of days ago. And we didn't know what, what the hell, what the heck he was going to be on the field or not. That's true. Um, Jordan Alvarez has still has swung a bat, Jeff. Are we officially uh, on the worried side as of yet or still not quite yet? I'm a little worried now. I yeah. saw today's note and, you know, it, it juxtaposed against earlier in the week. We're like, oh, we definitely think he'll be ready for the start of the season. I'm like, okay, this is this is positive. Now I'm like, now I can't even trust what you say a little bit yeah. there too. Uh, it's not only that I'm, you know, it, it, it's going to, sh- you know, cast doubt on other assertions that they make later on too i think uh though he still might be ready for opening day but yeah i i drafted in the eighth spot again today in uh scarf league and he was not on my list of options for eight let's just put it that way yeah i i i would not have i love the guy and i don't think i'd have him at eight right now either i mean just another week of not swinging a bat at all i mean this is not a good thing coming off five months of the offseason no it isn't um vlad guerrero uh, we got pretty good news on him he's out of the wbc but he just has knee inflammation sounds like he'll be fine for the start of the regular season i assume you're fine kind of leaving him where he is i think so again though every spring training injury report is a little squirrely it's always like okay yeah he's pulling out of the wbc and the jays probably want that but at the same time it's pulling out of the wbc it's it's significant enough i, I want to see when he starts playing games again if he's out Next weekend, by next weekend, then I'll move them down some. Uh, the, the drafts that we have this week, that'll be the tough call. Fortunately, like this is kind of a dead week for me after just a flurry this past week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty dead this week too. I've got uh, TGFBI still going on, but the middle well, of the draft, yeah. so obviously Vlad doesn't matter there. But um, yeah, it, it's just funny because we're still like, oh, these, you know, it's still March 5th. There's a lot of time to go. But as you click day through day, I mean, we're less than we're less than four weeks from the start of the season right now, so it, it's it's going to start to matter here pretty soon maybe not quite yet but we're, we're getting pretty close to where you know you guys need to get ramped up i lied by the way i have rest slam uh this ah, week so point points league right like a it is. kind of thing yeah so i i yeah i i i will i will not own jordan there unless he drops to like late second i don't even know where i draft i gotta figure that part out i'll set that up too just too many things uh too, too, thing, too many things to manage right now it's a busy a busy time of year for you it is it is uh, Miguel Vargas, uh, speaking of guys still not taking swings, he's playing for the Dodgers in spring training, playing defense, standing in the batter's box, somehow drew four walks without being uh, allowed to swing. But, um, this is someone that I was pretty excited about once, uh, once we got some news that he was going to play a lot of second base. And when, when, you know, Lux got hurt, you're like, well, he's going to play a lot of second base now. Cause you kind of lose that Miguel Rojas going over the playing a bunch of games. Um, not swinging yet. Uh, I'm concerned here. Yeah, you know, the weird thing with him, too, is that he's playing a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's getting – I shouldn't say that. He's not – not. he's getting drafted a lot. He's getting pushed up a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, granted, Scarf uh, that we did today, that is a – you know, it's a league that's based out of Los Angeles. So you're a, a get, little A little Dodgers heavy in that room, I assume. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, 
And uh, I, I forget exactly where he went, but I, it struck me as like, oh, and uh, other people like, oh, I wanted him, but I wasn't going to go that early. So, of course. yeah, I mean, so, 304, 17 home runs, 16 steals in AAA last year. I mean, he was really good. Strikeout rate under 15%. There's a lot to right. like here, but uh, I think it was, it was a small fraction of his hand or whatever it was. It just is again, this is someone that I mean, with Jordan and, and Vlad, I think, you know, as long as they get a couple weeks and can hit, we're going to be fine. But someone like this. Like, you know, probably needs to prove the Dodgers. He's ready to play every day, ready to play sure. in the majors every day. The closer he gets, maybe like, oh, you know, maybe we'll just send him down for a month and let him let him get ready. Um, this is someone where the at-bats really are going to matter. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with him yet. Yeah, I was uh, I was pushing him up, and now I'm kind of uh, seeing where he goes and letting him come back to me. We'll see what. Uh, none of my really big drafts are till the uh, the last couple of weeks of March, so I'm gonna right. see where he's at. But this is someone I was de- definitely interested in, and I'm uh, I'm a little concerned here. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, that's kind of all the major news I had. I just want to get a couple thoughts from you there. Let's jump into our uh, into our fades again. These are you know guys in the top half of drafts that we're probably not uh, not grabbing unless they they fall pretty far. We're not really excited about the draft price. Um, we're gonna start with catcher. We're gonna go position by position. We'll do one each, and then outfield and, and starter. We'll take two just because there's so many players in that range. But uh, everybody in the top, uh, I think everybody in the top 200. I don't know where you have yours, but somewhere in there. Uh, you want to go first on catcher? You want me to go first on catcher? I'll go first on catcher. That's All right, fine. there you go. You jump. I, I will say I struggled a little bit with this because I like the early catchers. I like, I like a lot of catchers this year. I think it's a good era for catchers. Usually, you're like, Ugh, I can only find five that I like. I, there's 15 that I like uh, at various price it points. Feels very different than past years. I remember past years were like, well, I guess we got to push up Jan Gomes or something like that. It doesn't feel that way this year. Yeah. So the catcher, I'm going to fade is a player I like. I think he's a much better real life than fantasy hitter though. And that is Adley Rushman. Wow. Uh, We're one position. We're one for one. uh, Same guy, same guy with each other. uh Oh yeah. I, uh, I want to see some power first, you know, and if you can get Salvador Perez for the same price as Rushman, I'm going to take Salvador Perez a hundred out of a hundred times over Rushman. So uh, in fact, and I, I, I love the tier after Rushman too. Uh, where your Rushman is at 62, I think, in the last two weeks, uh, and this is off all NFBC platforms. And I, you know, so that's a hundred different drafts. Uh, but like, I'll be happy to dip into the Contreras, Melendez, Kirk, con, you know, the Contreras, uh, and, and Murphy tier just yep. as readily. Yeah, I agree with you here. I, I have a uh, multiple guys on each position just in case you took my guy, but I don't, I didn't this one cause it was catcher and he was, I kind of felt the same way. I like a lot of these guys, but uh, I just don't know fantasy words. I think he's a great real life player. I love the plate skills. I kind of think he actually might be a little too disciplined for fantasy purposes. I mean, he's a, he's a great walk guy. He's a 14% walk guy in the majors get called up. You never see that first time around. That's really right. impressive. I just don't know how much is going to translate to fantasy. And that's what we're talking here. Um, he's got, he's got great chase numbers, great whiff percentage numbers, but that's all stuff. It kind of leads to his plate discipline. Um, you look at uh, hard hit rate was only 31st percentile, 36.8%. Barrel rate was about uh, mediocre 50th percentile. Um, you know, ADP is just too high for me. It's the four or five turn in a 15 team or ADP is about 63. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems super rich for the stats we're going to get. Like if you, if you think like he's going to have a really great year, that probably is like 265 and 22, right? Like something like that. And that's, I just don't think that plays at the price. And the park hurts him. I know, you know, and, and, you know, it's not like he's exclusively right-handed or anything, but nonetheless, I, I don't, I think it definitely hurts him. 
Yeah, I love is it one here. Like I agree with you. I love the player. I just don't for fantasy. I love, don't love the price. He'd have to prowl pretty far. I mean, there's you mentioned that tier behind him. I'd be just as happy with those guys, and they go. You know, some of those guys go thirty to forty picks later. You look at someone like Sean Murphy goes thirty five picks later than Rutschman. There's no way I'm paying a, a two round premium on Rutschman over Murphy. Yeah, that's kind of my my, my mindset there. And I had to confirm, yes, he is a switch hitter, so I wasn't lying about that, saying he's not uh, right-handed. But I, I do, he is, a, he is a switch hitter. I confirmed that as you said it too. I thought he was, but I had to look also. You know, we only yeah. had a trust but verify, right? We only had one season of uh, of watching games. Usually, like any player, I can just kind of visualize in my head and know what their their right, lefty, or switch. But uh, with the rookies, every once in a while, I question myself too. So, well, catcher was easy, Jeff. That's uh, that's not very exciting. We both agree on the same guy. Although I think it's a pretty uh, it's a spicy guy. People really like Rutschman, so it's uh, it's definitely a uh, Definitely one that uh, people are, are into. But uh, I'm going to go first on first base then. Uh, first base is interesting for me because this is a guy that was a uh, – I think he's probably on my target or our, our guys list last year. So it's funny how, uh, you know, years change. But mine is uh, mine is Reese Hoskins, a pick uh, ADP about 119, 120, somewhere in there. A lot of this is kind of the same as Rutschman. I just like the guys in the range right after Hoskins uh, as much, if not more. Um, the target last year worked out okay. I ended up hitting with them at both main events, I think, but 30 home runs. Hit 246, uh, hard hit rate fell a bunch. What concerns me is his barrel dropped a lot. It went from 11.1% to, to it went from like 17% to 11%. I loved him last year because just so much hard contact. That's down a little bit. Still not bad, but uh, definitely dropped off. Uh, the Ks were up a bit. He strikes out too much, 25% there. Uh, good walk guy, but again, I don't know. That doesn't help us a ton in fantasy always. Fly ball rate fell, so I'm a little worried there with the with you know the home runs. So I think he's a I think he's a batting average risk. Uh, his XBA last last year was 35th percentile. He looks like the same guy to me, just not quite uh, as good as the the elite barrel rate from the year before. And there's just I look behind him at first base, like in front of him, I take Vinny and uh, Vinny P and Nate Nate Low before him. I would take uh, Christian Walker and Andrew Vaughn after him. So he just kind of falls in this dead zone where I like the guys before him more. I like the guys after him more. So I'm going to find myself uh, not taking any Reese Hoskins this year. I could see that. Um, I didn't like that. You know, we saw the reports, though, on his meniscus uh, being repaired. The fact that we didn't find out until spring training was a week delayed. was a little concerned. But on the flip side, you could also skew that to say, like, okay, well, he was dealing with that last year. And that might generate, you know, that might see show demonstrate why he generated less hard hit rate. It uh, it definitely could. I mean, he had a, he played a ton last year, so you're right. Could have impacted him. He had 672 plate appearances. Like that's a tough number to get back to. Um, I just think he's, uh, I think he's kind of in that range where I just uh, I, I like the guys around him more. So I will find myself uh, not taking him. I mean, I I, I I totally respect that. I I do have him in one league. I got him in uh, the speakers league. At first pitch, Arizona. I, I I wasn't shying away from him. I think he is in that same tier with Cronin Walker. Um, yeah, I, I I think he belongs at the front of that tier, but I can be persuaded otherwise. Uh, so I'm I'm just I'm tepid on him. I'm not. It's not a hot or cold take. Uh, my guy that I'm probably avoiding for the cost is Jose Abreu. Uh, Eighty four. I mean, I'd be interested to hear this one because I was uh, I've gone back and forth on this one. And I have too. Uh, but. The decline in the second half of the power really scares me. Um, he could be at an age where he's hitting a cliff. I know the Crawford boxes are appealing, but the rest of the ballpark isn't that yeah. great for him to hit in. Uh, and if he, he finds himself struggling a little bit, I could see a scenario where he gets pushed a little bit lower in the lineup too. 
it's one of the weirder profiles when I look at them this year. It's just yeah. like you look at the home runs just fe- completely fell off in the second half. Was I mean, he had like he had one. I forget we looked it up last time, but I had I think he had one home run after something like August fourth or something like that. But right, you look at his metrics and the hard hit rate actually went up. Barrel rate was about the same as it was in twenty twenty one. But you just look at uh, you look at home run to fly ball and that went it went it was nine point six percent. That's the lowest number of his entire career. Uh, lowest number he ever had was fourteen point eight percent. So. It's hard to know if that's an age thing and maybe just, uh, you know, not driving the ball quite as much or just really unlucky last year. And I have uh, I have a hard time figuring him out. I feel like uh, I feel about him like you do in Hoskins. I'm kind of neutral on him. Like if he in that range, I kind of think he's okay. But I have a hard time figuring out what the heck happened in the second half last year. Yeah. Uh, And that's and I almost feel like all these years with the White Sox, his durability was a key point for him, like accumulating all this counting stats. At some point, that durability can't yeah. be counted upon. Yeah, he's missed like 18 games in the last four years. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty wild stretch for a guy his age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next position, we're going to go second base. But first, a note from our sponsors at Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has, Underdog has MLB Best Ball Tournaments Live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In best ball, all you're doing is you join a contest, you draft your team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. You draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your lineup. That's three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, slam the promo code RWMLB, and not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Jeff, I have, I have some hot takes here at second base, uh, but I'm going to let you go first. But uh, my fade right now, I'm going to tell you, is all early second base. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's, I've been getting a decent number of the early second baseman. I have a lot. I have semi in quite often. I got Ozzy Albies today, so uh, you, you can smack me down and tell me why I did it. There's what, only what? there's only one of the top five that I think I find myself one of the top six that I find myself drafting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to draft Jazz Chisholm. That's the guy I'm not going to draft. Okay. Uh, I, I the health profile scares me. The bat the batting eye scares me, and the moving positions also scares me. Yes, you get dual eligibility. And a second baseman or a shortstop should be able to handle the center field. So but, he's going center field full time, right? Like that's his position. Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, and but you know he's played second and short over the course of his career, and now they're moving him out there. Right. Um, I, I, I'm a little squishy about that. And then I, I, I don't like the ballpark. I know he's overcoming that. I, I, I think when I if I'm gonna take an early second baseman, I'm gonna take Semyon or I'm gonna take Albies instead of him. All right. Well, uh, it's fun. We we agreed on catcher. We're definitely not going to agree on this one because my okay. uh, my fade this year is uh, a guy that I love uh, has been on the A's and a guy that I really love as a player. But it's Marcus Semyon at pick at pick thirty one. Uh, I think the price is just too high. I mean, he fell off his his monster. To, he had the monster twenty twenty one season. Fell off that a little bit, but still was really good. Twenty six home runs, twenty five stolen bases. Uh, only hit two forty eight though last year. So he was uh, the, the batting average fell seventeen points. Hard hit rate fell pretty hard. He went down to 34.9%, 22nd percentile there, barrel under 7%. It's funny. You look at his 2021 hard contact profile, and just, it just, it just suddenly looks, starts looking an outlier compared to the rest of his career. Sure. He was 41.5% that year, has never been over 38% any other season. Uh, you know, Good strikeout guy, though. He dropped his K rate 4%. Do like to see that. But he's 32 now. I wonder, you know, the, 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 the stolen bases were 10 higher than his, his previous career high. So I just wonder if that repeats. Um, you look at some of his stat cast metrics, the, you know, X Woba, X BA and X slug were all under 50 percentile last year. So, you know, below average in all those categories. Um, I just think so much of his value is based on the massive, the plate appearances and he gets them every year, uh, you know, until he doesn't, but I mean, he's over 700 the last four full seasons, which is a crazy number. The guy plays every day. I just think 31's uh, way too high for Semi, and I, I think there's uh, I think there's batting average risk in here. I think there's home run uh, more home run risk in here, and I just uh, with, with he's just such an accumulator and it's been there year after year. Um, I just can't do it with the players around him at pick 31. Okay, I can I can appreciate that, um, and I'll and it's, even it's add, supposed to not be easy, so I don't want easy ones. So we're good. I'll I'll even add one other reason to be concerned is you mentioned 2021. That was the year that they split between three different ballparks, all the Blue Jays. Yeah. And so That's right. maybe we should be a little bit more circumspect about, you know, Tay Oscar, you know, heaven forbid that we say anything negative about our, our boy, but you're, you're, um, you're, you're, you're criticizing family members now. It really hurts. I know. Right. Yeah. I know. I don't want to do it. I'm so sure. He, I'm sure he listens as a family member. So he's going to be upset I, about that. Well, I'll keep on drafting him anyhow. Oh, of course I will too. It's just too yeah. fun to say his name. And you know, it's, he's, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a, a friend. He's team fun. Yeah. But it is, cons- you know, that, that factor has to be like, how how do we even factor that properly? It's so difficult. Uh, it very it very much is, and the first two parks they played in were really small, so it's uh, it's hard to figure. I just uh, I love Marcus. He works harder than anybody else. Like I saw him with the A's. He went from a terrible fielder to a really good fielder just by working his ass off. And um, I love him. I just think I think the price is too high. In that same price, um, how do you feel about Altuve this year? At, uh, he's about uh, pick thirty one. Also, 
Jeff looks like he might have frozen there. Oh, we might have a power outage, Jeff. So I'm going to keep uh, keep talking. Uh, I mentioned earlier when uh, when Jeff was uh, first coming on here, we're talking about uh, second baseman. I uh, I think I'm fading all the all the top second baseman. Uh, Jazz uh, I think is super intriguing just because the the upside is is massive. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of risk there too. Who knows uh, you know how the new position turns out, but. Um, I'm a little worried there, but I think he's got, you know, legit upside so argument there, but Altuve worries me too. I mean, it's a, it's a really nice season last year. His stolen bases popped up the highest since 2017 um, to go with 28 home runs, 130 runs, a 300 batting average. But I just, I worry about his hard contact a lot too. I mean, at some point that has to play in, he's fifth percentile in hard contact. He was 30 under 30% last year. Like that's, we're getting down in the Tony Kemp numbers here, which as, as people know, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of his hard contact numbers, but um, K rate's always elite. So that's always going to help the batting average. Um, you know, walk rate was pretty good last year, over 10% for the first time ever. Uh, maintained his fly ball rate gains, which which helped the home runs, especially in the Crawford boxes. Um, but I just uh, I just worry about uh, worry about his hard contact getting that low. The batting average should always be there with Altuve, but I think the power and speed are both risky for, for Altuve right now. I think that uh, the home runs are going to have to come down at some point. Just doesn't make it up hard contact. I think at his age, the stolen bases, you know, that we've seen them kind of move up and down. Um, 18 last year was really good. I, I don't think I'd bet on that again. So, Jeff, I was just talking about uh, Altuve and why uh, why I'm a fade on him too. Not quite as much of a fade on Semyon, but I'm, I'm out on both guys. Yeah, it's, I don't have any Altuve yet either. So, uh, tell me, Scott, who is the uh, second baseman in that top six that you will be willing to draft? It's uh, it depends on how spicy I feel that day, but it would be jazz. If I okay. was feeling that I like needed some upside in the third round, maybe I had a couple boring uh, solid guys early. I, I can see the path there. I'm, I'm probably not going to do it. To be honest with you, there's probably not, there's other guys in the start of the third round that I'll probably, I'll probably just deal with. And, 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 and I like better, but you can see it with jazz. Like there is that he was a 16% barrel rate last year. I mean, he was really good until he got hurt. Um, but I, I agree with you on the position. I think that uh, that's tough to deal with. He strikes out too much. So he's got way more variability than, than Semin and Altuve do. But I just think that I think there's a massive ceiling there. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not the guy I'm going to draft, though. He was, he's been the only one that I'd probably take there. Um, I definitely am not drafting Tommy Edmund. He might he might be my fate at shortstop if we get there, if you take mine. But um, I just don't love the early second baseman. I like the uh, – I kind of like the Glaber, Max Muncy, Brandon Lau, Von Grissom group more than I – at their prices more than I do these top guys. I think that I'm going to uh, – I'm going to enter – I'm going to leave the last six or seven rounds without second baseman in most drafts. Yeah, and you know what? All, all this is, is is part of roster construction and knowing yeah. where you're comfortable fishing around. Like For sure. You mentioned, like, I'm, I'm kind of uncomfortable with Von Grissom at the price. I'm kind of, un, you know, just I, I don't think he's going to get sent down, but there is that little threat, you know. Oh, like, yeah. That's definitely, in, that's definitely in the possibilities there. And also the threat of him betting eighth or ninth, too, is also there. Yeah, that that may not of, matter with the Braves, but it matters. It still matters. <laughs> it's it's played appearances there. I, uh, as we get into uh, next week, we're going to do kind of targets and our guys. Uh, second Mason is going to a spot that I'm going to really look at because I, I need to find some guys that I really like. Because if I don't like the ones early, I'm going to have to find some later and be able to adapt and find one. And I don't, I don't love the position this year as, as I've gone through. It doesn't. I know people are talking about it's not as thin as it was last year, but I just it, it's heavier up top. But I just don't like the prices up top. Yeah. Well, and and hey, it's good to know that though, right? Yeah, and- it is. That, that, that's, that's very helpful. And, you know, cause others will take that and that that's like a benefit for you too. Then do you have any feel on Whit Merrifield this year? Just to bring up a random guy. Uh, that, uh, no, I, I was, I was, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because no, I don't. Um, it feels like the range of possibilities of him are massive. Like he could, 
he could start every day and steal a bunch of bases or he could get lost in that shuffle and not play very much. I just, his range of outcomes is, is as wide as anybody. I think. Yeah. Uh, I know he was, a, he was one of your fades last year. He was and properly that worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 40 stolen bases in 2021, 16 last year. I just, uh, I have no, I have, I have a hard time figuring out the heck to do with him. Yeah, uh, I do too. Cause I don't even know what the, the Jays plans are for him. Yeah. Usually I just don't draft guys like that, but he's down far enough that, uh, you know, if you need speed and you're in the 12th, 13th round and you second baseman, like suddenly you fill some spots there pretty nicely. Yeah. And typically you do need speed. So there you go. I took that, take that as a personal affront. No, um, I don't mean you. I mean, <laughs> one needs speed. Well, there. the other one would work too. Cause there are very few drafts where I don't need speed after the first couple of rounds. But yeah. um, last year I actually didn't last year. I drafted speed. Well, and I picked up John birdie. So steals were never a concern last year. It was a weird, it was a weird year. I didn't, ha- I didn't hit the birdie lottery in any I was, it was freaking lucky i mean it, it, that six weeks was beautiful though it was like it, it felt like all his 30 steel or he had 40 something but it like felt like 30 of them were like a six week window it was, it was right. wild there but it was like every day for a while i hit the michael harris lottery in a couple of leagues yeah. and hard, hard was, to complain about not getting birdie when you grab michael harris because that yeah. was uh that was as good as it gets right there it, it was not not the stolen base category impact but no, impact yeah. everywhere else and yeah. he got stolen bases too Across the board production. Yeah. That was that was beautiful. Uh third base, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here because I think you went first on second base. Okay. Uh, third base is a pretty easy one for me. And it was funny, it was kind of the opposite second base. I like a lot of the early third basemen. I love I love Austin Riley. I love Raphael Devers. Um, I actually like Gunnar Henderson too in this way, you know, Ken, as we get further down the list, but I like a lot of these guys. The guy I find myself not liking and not drafting, and it makes me happy to say it because I don't mind uh, offending him is Alex Bregman. Um <laughs> Pick uh, pick 68 in drafts. That's like the middle of the fifth round, a 15-teamer. I just don't see it there. There's so many bats around there. I'd rather take pitchers there. I'd rather take – he was 23 uh, home runs, 93 RBI last year, hit 259 in a full season, 656 plate appearances. You look – you talk about outliers. You look at that 2019 season. He is like the prime juice ball guy. That 41 home run sticks out pretty, pretty hard. Uh, he's an elite strikeout guy. He's a great walk guy, but, you know, fantasy-wise – it's just hard hit, hard contact stuff. It's really blah. 36 percentile hard hit, 46 percentile um, barrel rate. And you, this is a guy that you, you're in there to hit home runs and get production. Um, you know, he's a big fly ball guy, so that helps him. You know, he has so many fly balls, he can hit some home runs in the Crawford boxes. Um, I think he's another guy, kind of like Russian, maybe a little too patient for fantasy. He walks so much and, you know, isn't as super as aggressive and it helps his batting average and helps him as a real world player. But fantasy wise, I just don't see it. The, the stolen bases are gone. He had 17 back in 2017. He has two the last three seasons. Those are totally gone. A little team context there, probably with Houston, but a little with, with him also. I just think he's a better real baseball player than a fantasy player. An ADP of 68, I'm, I'm a full pass on Bregman at the price. So now we have two exact matches because I, ah, I'm, a, I'm a pass on Bregman at that point too. Um, of the upper tier third baseman, first of all, I, I like drafting one of the upper tier third baseman if I can. I don't know if I'm comfortable drafting Arenado at, at, at price. At 31, end of the second, beginning of the third. Uh, which is where he's going now because uh, there is a fear of the lower tier third baseman and, and for good reason, you know, it drops off in a hurry. It does. I, I think, I think Bregman probably gets pushed up there too. Cause he, I think people after the first five, six go, they're like, oh, I need to get one. It's him or Gunnar Henderson. They're like 20 picks apart. But after the top eight, there's 40 picks that go without another third baseman getting drafted. Yeah. And Gunnar Henderson has been my answer the last two drafts. I've, I got him in yogurt and I got him in scarf today. So after not getting him all draft season prior to that. 
I, uh, I, look, I spent a bunch of time on third baseman. It was either today or yesterday, and I found myself uh, surprising. I really like Gunnar Henderson. I like the profile there. I think he's got uh, some real upside at pick 88 or whatever that is. Yeah. Hey, well, we got to talk about the, the elephant in the room, the cardinal in the room, and that's Jordan Walker. Uh, current, you know, because his he's going to be in the top 10 rounds. He is Julio Rodriguez. He, he's probably going to go – well, he's not, but he's not. But my point, you know what I'm saying in terms yes, of he draft was, 2022 he, draft Julio Rodriguez. Yes, he's not a different player profile. Not going to run as much. We'll run some. But uh, are you going to be in on him if he's there at 135 to 150? So are we talking like we're in the main event last week of yes. March? And we know he's made the team. Yes. There's well, no, no way he gets to pick 135. Okay. Okay. So how about right now? Right now, what, what's his, what's his, I mean, his ADP is flying up right now. The last two weeks is probably pretty irrelevant. Last two weeks is 187. Um, the, the low is 92. I'm sure that was one that was in the last few days. Yeah. Probably after um, the two homer day yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the profile and he, he, he's a, he's a speed power guy. He had 19 home runs, 22 stolen bases last year. Then I scroll over and I see 16 and a half percent swing strike rate. And I'm like, Oh, I think that's going to get eaten up early. Um, I'm probably not in at the full helium if I'm in a draft and you know people aren't fired up about him. I, I probably wouldn't take the chance at 135 to 150. I don't think he's going to get there anymore. Um, I probably just have other guys I like more. I need a pitcher there. Um, I'm probably not paying the helium. I usually don't on on draft picks. And last, sometimes it burns me. Uh, you know, last year obviously there was some good games. I ended up with Bobby Witt last year in the main event. So maybe I don't. Maybe I draft prospects a little more. Than I think I do. Um, I think I think Walker's helium is going to be a little too much for me if he makes the team. I think you're probably right about that um someone's gonna want to jump right i think so i mean yeah. he's gonna have third and outfield eligibility really quick it's a gift that they're giving us third base right now i think that's one of the things that appeals I mean, you know and we talked about that big gap he's the guy that helps you know bridge that gap between gunner henderson and max muncie so does he if he makes a team does he just like take dylan carlson's spot and carlson's out of there but that's the thing i don't know i don't know about that i, I mean I, I, the Cardinals to me are one of the harder teams to peg in terms of playing time. Cause they got, I guess it's, it's Carlson and Yepes are the two spots that aren't like kind of locked down. Cause Newt Barr and O'Neill are probably going to play most days. Right. Or am I just too much fantasy? Lars You're Newt right. But I mean, I think they're, I think they blow with the wind a little bit too. Uh, Nolan Gorman was the guy until he wasn't. Then Brendan and Don, Brendan Donovan could do no wrong, you know, and Carlson was the guy before that. Newt Barr, who knows? I mean, if he hits a slump, you know, that could change. Heck, Walker hits a slump, he could be sent down. I really like uh, I really like Alec Burleson in there. Uh, yeah, he's like it's another behind, guy that's he's behind those guys a little bit, but 20 bombs last year, his strikeout rate's under 15%. Like he hit 331 in AAA last year. Like he's on he's on the move too, and he's he's behind all these guys, but I don't right. I don't know how far he is behind these guys, and he probably can hit better than Carlson right now. I mean, I think there's uh there's a lot to be said for a lot of these guys here. I mean, I think that uh, the, the Cardinals might look a lot different in June than they do on, on opening day. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but I to answer your question fully, I'm probably uh, I'm probably one that's going to take someone else besides Walker as he flies up the board. But sure, I can appreciate that. Um, it'll be fun to own, but man, sixteen and a half percent swing strike rate in, in the minors last year is a big number. Yeah, makes me think some somebody somebody get some get some exploiting his at bats there. Uh, what about uh, let's move over to the other infield position. Uh, what about shortstop? Who do you find yourself uh, not taking? I had three or four names here. I'm actually going to drop down a little bit later in the draft uh, on this one. But who do you, who do you have here? You're not taking. Um, so I'm not going to take Tatis, not at the price. Uh, I 
I, I, I you're you're knowing you know you're going to miss twenty games. You might miss more. You might have problems with the defense out there. Um, I, I, though I don't think in the main event he's going to fall. If anything, he's going to rise. So unless he just shows he's having problems, in which case that's also going to be another reason why I wouldn't take him there. So that that's my high end fade. I think um, he's an. I mean, he's an impossible guy. I mean, the upside is number one overall pick. Yeah, but exactly. He hasn't played for ever. He, yeah. people, he didn't play at all. People like remember him getting suspended, but he didn't play before that either. And he had two major injuries. He had two surgeries on the wrist. He had the shoulder injury and now 80 games off. I mean, I just, we talked about Whit Merrifield range of outcomes. Obviously Tatis has the biggest range. I mean, you could be, he could be MVP. He could be a huge bust at that price. And I, you can see both paths pretty clearly. Yeah. So it's funny. I was doing the live stream with Liz and of course he was going to take Tatis. Uh, I, I was, that was the biggest slam dunk ever. Yeah, of course. And he said, he, he said, his, he said his draft pick to like to KDS to get him. Right. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Hey, you swing for the fences. It, I could be wrong on this one here. I could be a hundred percent wrong on this one here. I, this but, is how I the, draft. And my, my comeback for you could be wrong on this one is even if you're wrong, you're passing up for him to take an awesome player. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's not like it's the seventh round. You're like, oh, this guy has huge upside. If I don't take him here, I'm taking, you know, some second closer or some pitcher's not going to hurt. But you're passing up Freddie Freeman or Manny Machado or Austin Riley, or you're passing up a stud to take that So you better you better be pretty sure that you're you really, really want. Him. Exactly. Yeah. My uh my shortstop fade is is deeper down the board. And as I there's a lot of guys that I'm kind of eh, on at shortstop. I don't I don't like Tommy Edmund at the price at 71, but I dropped down to the to the 160s, like round 11, 12. I don't I'm okay. not a I'm not a Thyro Estrada guy uh this year with the Giants. Had a nice breakout last year, hit 260, 14 home runs, 21 stolen bases. I just I get scared taking anyone that, even this early that I just don't really think it hit that well. And his uh you look at his his ninth percentile hard hit, 15% barrel. All of his X numbers under 50, 50th percentile. X likes 19th percentile. I think you are banking on so much the speed repeating here, and it might. He's a he's a fast guy. He's 75th percentile, but not a not a true burner. But you know, I think the stolen bases are probably still there. Um, I worry about the Giants platooning if he slumps at all. They like to mix and match a lot. I just think he's. Uh, I think he's someone at 167 that can end up being really kind of a guy you don't end up playing uh, all year. Yeah, uh, you know, part you know, you can't afford a eleventh round pick to be a yeah. part time player. He's yeah. got to play every day. And one C seven doesn't sound that important, but I mean, you look at the guys around him, and there's a lot of good players in there. These are people that uh, you know you you want to play every week. You don't want to have to think about these guys. And I just I just don't see it. I'm I get really scared of taking guys who I don't think can hit because there's just so much has to go right for them to work out fantasy wise. And I don't think there's any way in heck he hits 14 home runs again. Yeah, it's interesting because he and Javi Baez are the end of this tier. Yeah, short stops. Kind of yeah, a gross, kind of a gross end of tier. Don't I don't want to wait to that tier. Yeah, and I don't want to take Javi Baez at that spot either. Even though I know that's a big discount because two hundreds in play, one ninety fives in play with him for sure. You know, you know you're not going to lose. His, he's not going to lose his job. Estrada might, but Baez won't, no matter how bad he is. Uh, but then you're dropping down Ezekiel Tovar and C.J. Abrams, then and Luis Urias is the next set of short stops there. Um, Good, yeah, so, uh, good lesson to know that I don't want to. I want to get one of the first 15, 16 shortstops. Yep, yep. Uh, I like almost everyone else in that, that that range. I'm I'm not I'm not thrilled taking Carlos Correa just because I know I often I'm looking at middle infield for stolen bases and I'm not going to get that from Carlos Correa. I feel like every time he slides in a second, you're going to like hold your breath that he's going to get back up to. <laughs> Like I, I we, we joke a lot of insurance like, adjusters agree with that. Apparently. We joke and we talk about the medical stuff, but like 
it's a real concern. Like he, it seems like there could be a weird tweak of a slide and he's, he's done. Like it just, yeah. uh, it's a scary, uh, I, I think his price reflects that he'd probably be higher if he didn't have that concern, but you're right with the stolen base in the middle infield, you better be getting them somewhere else. Cause you take a, you take zero stolen base in your shortstop. That's that's that impacts things. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're getting, if you got JT real Muto and he's, he's getting yeah. 15 stolen bases for you, then okay, fine. That pairs well. Where are you on the uh, signal? We're talking about shortstop. Where are you in the current price with shortstop number seven, uh, O'Neill Cruz, going about uh, pick 64? I think that's about the right price. I grabbed him in labor. I mean, I understand there's a lot of risk involved. There's also a lot of upside. I mean, it's it's a very volatile player. Um, if you tend to be a safe drafter, he's not for you. And everybody talks about the strikeout rate. It's thirty five percent. It was twenty three percent in AAA last year. So like it was a it was a big jump up. But you wonder if maybe he, if he had just down in like the mid twenties, like he's a suddenly a stud and probably not, it's not yeah. as much a batting average risk as we think. Um, I thought I'd be fully out on him, and I got a little bit deeper and looked kind of some of the minor league numbers. I'm not as out as I thought I'd be. I probably won't end up with him, but I'm a little more interested in that, than I thought I'd be. Was as I got a little bit deeper, I thought he'd be an automatic fade for me, and he's not. Yeah, um, agreed. So let's jump into uh, some of the other positions. We've got outfield and some pitchers left, but first a note from our sponsor, Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest greatest fantasy experience for all kinds of baseball leagues, whether it be dynasty, keeper, redraft, or best ball leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes that easy as well as they can import any of your current leagues and customize as you need. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. If you need a customizable coaching service for your fantasy league, Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. They can, uh, they can help you with their scoring system, how to deal with fab, uh, your head-to-head schedule, various categories. If you uh, if you run 6x6, six 7x7, six, seven seven, all that can be done with Fantrax. They offer custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. If you sign up for free today and enter to win a official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So Jeff, we moved to the outfield. There's obviously a lot of positions here, uh, players here. So I will, uh, we'll, we'll go two each. I'll let you go first. We'll go back and forth. Uh, give me an outfielder that you find yourself uh, not drafting here in 2023. Um, good question. Uh, sorry, I was... every once in a while, uh, every once in a while, I have to, I have to figure one out. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you you do care. Uh, like I tweeted, uh, uh, just text. You know, someone <laughs> I, I responded to uh, someone saying Scott was in solo carry mode. You've been in solo carry mode most of the time here. That is uh, quite uh, quite false in all in all all accounts. Yeah. Uh, well, we can beg to differ on that one there, but uh, I'm not going to pay for Buxton at 83. Oh, I'll take the I'll take the layup there. Uh, I got him in XFL, which is an on base league, which doesn't really help me, but. That was also in November. I just, upon reflection, I just don't want to, you know, I don't think I want to pay that price. Um, I, I'm the one that famously passed on him last year at, at a at a higher price when that was considered a bargain. Yeah, I think he was the, I think he had, I think the max price on Bucks in the main event was your guys' league. Yep. Toby got did him. it. Did it, it, it did it, it didn't work, right? I mean, he had a ton of home runs in a half season, but he hit 224 with six steals. Like, it didn't work, right? I don't think uh, it worked. Uh, in fact, 28, well, 28 is a lot of home runs is at bats, but I also don't think it worked. I think it's because the, the, I mean, and the fact is he got hurt sliding at second base and they didn't let him run for two months after that. Yeah. He, they let him run and then he got hurt again. I, I mean, he might be a two stolen base guy. He's so important to that team. Yeah. He and could be 20, but they've, they've talked about him DHing some, which like kills his, it kills his value to them. Cause he's the, really, probably the best center field defensive center field in the league. He's awesome out there. 
It's kind of like a, when they moved Maurer out from behind home plate. He was a great defensive catcher, but he kept on getting hurt. So Buxton's impossible to figure out. I, I probably am with you. I probably just will let somebody else do it. I mean, it's just a weird, he's so different year to year. I mean, the strikeouts were massive last year. His, his barrel rate's been insane for three straight years. I mean, he hit 224 last year. <laughs> he's he's all over the place. You're right. If the stone bases aren't there, that's an interesting point. If they just say, like, dude, you need to not steal, I mean, that matters a lot for his value. Absolutely. So my fade in the top uh, the top grouping here is actually uh, Cedric Mullins at pick. Uh, he's about pick 50, 51 right in there. So the uh, what's that the middle to end of the of the fourth round. Uh, he backed up 20 the 2021 breakout pretty well. Um, 16 home runs, 34 steals, but he hit 258. I just don't like all the underlying stuff. His his home runs are cut in half. They went from 30 to 16. Um, hard hit rate fell hard. 36% last year, 33rd percentile there. He's 24th percentile in barrel rate. Uh, the K's are pretty stable. He's about a 90% K guy. That's fine there. My big concern with Mullins is you look at his game log last year, and they let him off the entire year. There's only six games last year. Where it, I'm, not, I'm throwing out pinch hit appearances, obviously. The games he started, there's only six games he didn't lead off. And I think that has to change this year. He hit 209 last year and with a 265 OBP against lefties. Like, you can't lead that off. And if he doesn't lead off, like, a lot of his value comes from getting on base, stealing second mm-hmm. base, scoring a right. lot of runs. Um, I think the Orioles are better this year. I think they have more options this year. I don't think you can lead him off against lefties. Maybe maybe to start the year, but the leash has got to be short. Um, you know, his 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 XBA last year was 24th percentile. So if you like bring bat, poor batting average in the mix too, that's scary. He's a, he's a fast guy. He's 8th percentile sprint speed. So the stone base will probably still be there, but just feels like a sketchy profile overall for me at pick 50. There are a lot of lot of really good players in that range. If you would pick 70 or 75, I could see it with the stolen bases. Um, he's a pretty hard pass for me in the fourth round. Yeah. And the thing is, that's a tough range. I mean, that only because there's a lot of players I like. Like today, I had a I had a hard choice in Scarf. I, I could have gone with Matt Olson. I could have gone with Mullins. I ended up going with Albies. Uh, I picked 53, I think it was. Was uh, uh, was Corey Seager gone? Do you remember? Probably. probably no, he, I think he was available, too. That, uh, probably, that probably would have been my pick. I love Corey Seager. I have a lot of Corey Seager. I wanted to get speed though. And Seager, that's one thing Seager doesn't do. It's a good point. He's a middle infielder with zero steals. It's you have to, you have to figure that out elsewhere. I just, I I love his. I love it. Oh yeah. And I I have plenty of Seager going for me so far. So yeah, I'm on board with that. And I would have taken Seager later on, but I didn't happen that way. Uh, But point is like, yeah, I, I, passed on Mullins when I needed speed. So that tells you that I kind of, I'm in agreement. If I'm not taking it in the mid fifties, maybe I'd take him in 68, but he wasn't going to be there at 68. Yeah. I just, I really think that I think the playing time is going to be not playing like playing games and he's going to play, but I think hitting down the bottom of the order, um, you know, he had 670 plus paid appearance last two years. I don't think he hits that number again. Cause I think it'd have to move him out of there if he can't hit lefties again. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a tough, but fair consideration. Yeah, there. His overall OBP last year was 318. Like that's 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 rough for a guy hitting leadoff for a team that's got a lot of guys behind him. are gonna drive in runs, and mm-hmm. um, he's not getting on base. I they, I don't think they just keep throwing him out there like they did last year. But yeah. uh, give me a give me another outfielder. I've got uh, I've got two on my list left. So I'm hoping you take one of them so I don't have to pick between them. All right. So outfielder number 39, pick 168.60 in the last couple of weeks. Brandon Nimmo. Uh, uh, yeah. All right. I love him in real life. Great OBP guy, good gets on base, scores runs, plays good defense. Scott, he played a lot of games last year, and they're already like they were, you know, workload managing him in spring training, like holding him out of spring training games until this weekend. Has uh, workload of, management ended baseball? Uh-oh. Yeah, 
He signed this massive eight-year, $160 million contract. We talked about him a little bit earlier there. One of, the more, one of the more surprising deals when it broke on Twitter. I just yeah. could not believe the numbers. I mean, he could score 120 runs, and that it would be well worth that price then if that's the case. He could also play 120 games. He, he doesn't run. He might hit for a little bit more power because they moved the fences in and right center a little bit, but I don't think he hits for a ton of power. Um, I This is 100-plus picks earlier than he was going in previous years. I liked him in previous years too, because he was always that guy, like in the 22nd, 23rd round, like, well, he's going to lead off and score a bunch of runs. It works great here, but you're right. He's, he's at a price now where he has to do more than just that. And he's got to really score the runs to work. And mm-hmm. um, I agree. I, I, I really love him as a player too. I just don't think, I don't think I'm going to be drafting him either. Yeah. Well, you didn't take one of the guys I was going to take. So it's just saying both. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to do both. Cause I got to do the first one. Cause I put him in the, I put him in the, in the description and Alan will get mad at me if I uh, don't talk about either of the guys in the that's description. A, that's so. a radio faux pas to tease and then I not know. deliver on the tease. I know I had, I had Alzi Alves and uh, my outfielder on there and I, I flopped to uh, Marcus Semyon was uh, as I did a little more research, but I'm not taking, I'm not taking either one, but, uh, my first here is, is Jake McCarthy at pick, uh, pick one ten. Um, I hate to say it cause he was the one that helped me. He helped me a lot in the main event last year with the 23 stolen bases off the waiver wire, but and again, another guy that I just don't think can hit enough. Uh, his hard hit rate last year was 16th percentile. Bill rate was under 5%. The power is not on the way. He's not, it's just not going to, what do you have? He had eight home runs last year. Like, I don't think any more coming than that. And the strikeouts are too high. He's 21 and a half percent strikeout. For a guy who doesn't hit with a lot of pop, needs to get on base to steal bases. Swinging strike rate is thir- or swings, yeah, swinging strike rate is 13.3% last year. I think he swings and misses too much for a guy who doesn't have a lot of pop. Um, you know, you look at his, some of his numbers, X Wobo is 26th percentile, X Slug is 24th percentile. Both his K and Walker rates were both under 50 percentiles. So it's not like he does either of those well. He's super fast. He's 98th percentile sprint speed. So super fast. So if he gets on base, he can steal. I just worry the price is fully priced now. He's ADP 110. And they have a really crowded outfield. Like if he slumps at all, like they've got guys to, they get guys to bring up. They got guys to play out there. Corbin Carroll's going to play. They got Guriel. They got Alec Thomas. Um, you know, they got, they got Longoria to DH and move one of those guys to the outfield. I think they have a lot of moving parts. And I just, I think McCarthy starts the year based on how he played last year, you know, maybe hitting the middle lineup and, and playing every day. Um, I think that leash is pretty short and I think it's, I think it's going to get yanked down a little bit. I, I do not like him at pick 110. All right. Um, you're like the first person I've heard say something negative about Jake oh. McCarthy in a while. Uh, all right. You know, and I can, I, I can own that. I well no, and I, I'm the thing is I, I don't think you're wrong. You're you're laying out some pretty good reasons. Um makes me feel a little bit better because I've been sniped on McCarthy twice recently and in, in yogurt as well as uh scarf. So yogurt. uh we'll call yogurt. that maybe I should call it like the Mary Tyler Moore League scarf. You know? Yogurt yogurt's funny every time. I like yogurt. It's every it's time. Good. I love that Justin loves it. That oh, he does love yogurt. it, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So I'm going to give you one more just because I'm in a, I'm in a giving mood and I, I, I we like talking about this guy anyway. Uh, You're cuddly. It's nice. I Brandon, like it. Uh, Brandon Nemo's teammate, uh, our old friend, outfielder extraordinaire, Jeff McNeil. Um, <laughs> I do not, do not, do not get this price. He's pick 169. So we're talking the 12th round there. I get it. He had 326 last year. I get it. He was He's a really good batting average guy. But mm-hmm. he had nine home runs and four steals. And he played 590 plate appearances. Um, you look at the year before he hit 251. Everything was the same, except he hit more balls hard and he had more barrels in 2021. He's just his BABIP. He was, he had a 353 BABIP last year and it carried the batting average. Yeah. 
I'm scared as hell to draft someone this high that I need to have a good bat up to do well because he's not getting home runs. The 23 in 2019 looks like the most absurd outlier in baseball right now. He has 20 home runs total since then. Like it's just that was the the most happy fun ball line of all time was him and Alex Bregman. The two There's a lot of 2019s guys. out yeah, there in that there room. Is. Omar Narvaez is the other one too. Like all those yeah. home runs that always jumps out to me. But I mean, he's a, and McNeil's an elite strikeout guy that's always going to help the batting average stay. He's got a really good floor there, but. Man, you're getting no home runs. You're getting no stolen bases. You have to get the batting average. You're not going to get a ton of runs. He's not going to hit. Uh, not going to hit leadoff. No one's going to hit leadoff. I just don't think he can hit. He can't hit the ball hard enough. You're not going to. Nothing's coming. You just have. You're relying so much on the batting average. It's so reliant on Babbitt. I it, it, in the 18th round, sure, you need some batting average. I think it's great. In the in the 12th round, I just I don't get it at all. Yeah. I, I think you're just a hater. No, just I, it, it may be. It may just be that I'm a hater because he can't. He can't play outfield as well as me. It's probable. He, he might be able to now. I think he's improved his outfield defense a little bit, but he I doesn't probably, have to. He's gonna I, be probably, I probably have unimproved my outfield offense since that comment. Or my that is comment too. probably yeah. true. Um, See, I, there are times I can be honest with myself, Jeff. Self-awareness okay. is a skill. Thank you. Thank you. Are you implying that I'm not self-aware, Scott? No, I'm, a, I'm implying that maybe I have not been in the past. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, I just don't. I just don't think there's enough here from a fantasy angle. I think he's he has to hit 320 to work, and that's a scary proposition. Yeah, uh, I, I think you make a compelling case against him. Since I gave you an extra outfield, I'm going to make you go first in starting pitchers here. We're going to move on to the other uh, other side of the ball here. Uh, give me your first starting pitcher you find yourself not taking. I was uh, I struggled a little bit finding pitchers I did not like. I, there's a lot of hitters that I'm fading. I found it a little bit harder with pitching, so I'm interested to see what you're going with here. It should be easier because there's always reasons for pitchers. I know, but... right? I just I don't know. I didn't. Uh, maybe I haven't researched hitter, uh, pitchers as much as I have hitters, but I had I had trouble. Whereas uh, with hitters, I was like, oh, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. It just didn't. It didn't work as well for me. Pitchers. I'll take the layup. I'm not going to pay the price on Degrom. Get... Oh, all right. I mean, that's not that's not the. I, I thought you were going to take the layup that I'm about to take. So that's interesting. All right. Well, I famously in labor, actually famously because you know I, I shouldn't be so myopic to think that everybody cares about the labor draft, but. Um, we all passed on him and passed on him. He went all the way to pick 60 to Fred Zinke. I had two bites of the apple. Pick and I 60? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So when, when was labor? Was that like right after the news came out about his side or was it? Uh, yeah, that? it was in February. It was, yeah, it was yeah, before so, right. he'd thrown anything. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he looks great. He looks great until he doesn't look great. And yeah, but, but Fred took him. I mean, it's going to work no matter what. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so maybe I should be, I should, I should check my priors. But no, it, you know, especially when he goes in the second round, TGFBI, he went before Garrett Cole, which, wow. Okay. You know, that's, that's a take. I mean, the I, fact uh, is, I actually have could, both of them in TGFBI, believe it or not. He could. So did you get DeGrom at the three, four turn? Yeah, pick 46, like the second latest in all the TGFBI. I wasn't going to do it. And then he lasted so long. I just did it. And I figured, might as well go for it, but I, I, I probably like that last year where that I, fell a lot. I probably wouldn't do it in the main event if we're being honest, but it's, I'm a little more willing to be risky in that kind of league. And I'm thinking about the main event. Yeah, me too. Yeah. When, when we're doing this discussion and I just, this is me being risk averse. Uh, I, uh, I like to say that I would grab him, but I don't think I will. I think when push comes up, I will just take, like, I'll just take Aaron Nola or Carlos Rodon or Brandon Woodruff instead of him taking a picture there. Oh, and oh. if I'm going to take all three of those guys, I'm just not probably going to end up with Zagrom. So I need to verify this, but a conversation came up in Scarf. I think it was uh, Brock Miller brought this up that Rodon was clocked at 92 miles an hour in spring training today. I did see that. And they were like, oh, he's just not uh, not really ramping it up. And then I saw a clip that he threw 98 in spring training. last. Yeah, that, that whole conversation yeah. happened. The entirety of it, of what you just said, basically. 
Brock, uh, that, Brock, Brock is a good human, by the way. I love that. Yes, too. he is. Yeah. Fantastic human. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't take Rodon at that price. Also. All right. That's, uh, that's a little bit of a hotter take. There's a lot of uh, really smart people who have Rodon in their top five. Yeah, well, I, I just he needs that velocity. Yeah. Without a doubt. And there's a shoulder history. There's one that like those next couple starts, if he looks fine velocity wise, then we're good. But if he doesn't, then you start to start to worry about it a little bit. New contract, new, you know, not new league. He's been in the AL before, but new, uh, uh, new lack of facial hair. Oh yeah. Definitely lost a superpower right there. That's he five looks, miles an looks, hour right there. He looks like eight years younger. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, so mine is the other uh, kind of a layup for me. And I, this is someone that uh, it's tough. I have a lot of guys that I had last year, which is uh, it makes me kind of sad, but uh, Dylan Cease is my higher end fade here. I just um, got really, really lucky in the second half. I watched him a lot last year. I want, he was so good in the first half, the second half. I just kind of held my breath every start, but he had that straight. He just kept not giving up runs. I mean, 2.2 ERA, 1.11 whip and 184 innings, but man, his bat up in the second half was 215. Uh, the K rate was 34% in the first half, 24% in the second half. Big concerning drop off there. Had a lot of, a lot of BABIP help. Swing strike rate's really good. It's 15%. He's really good. Um, I just worry about this. I worry about the walks. He had the highest walk rate in all of majors among the 45 guys who qualified with enough mm-hmm. innings. Um, and he's just fully priced this year. Like last year, I got him end of the fifth, like five five eleven last year. His ADP right now is uh, 40, 48. So we're talking like kind of the – the three, four turn, maybe a little bit into the early mid fourth round. Um, I just like other guys in the range more. I'm going to, I'm going to not take the risk here. I think that, uh, I think he had all the fortune last year. I tend to think that's going to flip a little bit on him this year. I only have him in one league, but I got him at the end of the fourth at pick 58. So your price is a little, price is a little better than 10 after ADP. Uh, It starts to become a little more palatable there. Yeah. And I thought that was value taking, but uh, it was here, here Bieber were my options there. That's so funny. I was going to say, would you take him over Bieber and Wheeler? Wheeler, I think, was gone. Okay. Um, Wheeler's ADP is uh, is later. It's like fifty eight or fifty nine. I need to confirm on that one there, but I I do I think I prefer Wheeler over both of those guys. I would take Wheeler over both of them for sure. I love Zach Wheeler. His ADP will not stay there in the main event. If it did, I would have him on all my teams. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way he lasts the end of the fourth round though. Uh, give me another pitcher uh, before we jump into relievers. Give me another starter that you find yourself uh, not grabbing so far this year and uh, don't see yourself grabbing as we move forward. I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of Kevin Gossman. Um, I I think I don't like that he's the poster child for cracking down on balk moves. You know that that could be fixable, but it could be something that could get in his head. Uh, again, I'm going with a squishy feeling here, but I also there, there's a lot of pitchers in this range, right? There, the, you're going to have your choice of at least two or three of these type of guys before him or after him. Like I, I would take Luis Castillo and Christian Javier before Gossman. On the other side, I take Manoa before him. I think I take Zach Gallon before him too, which means I'm not going to take Gossman. Is there any particular that worries you about Gossman besides the rules and all that? Is there any particular you've seen that you don't like? Uh, I, you know, to be fair, I think some of it was the experience last year, first half, second half. I didn't like how he faded in the second half. Some of that can be correctable. Some of that might just be you know year one and a new contract, new team, and all that too. Uh, I I don't know. I just I, I I think Gossman is really dependent on getting those K's and like Manoa isn't Manoa. I think can get the job done without having a ridiculous K rate. For instance, do you, are you one who buys in on the fact that Manoa's avoided hard contact so much that it's clearly a skill for him rather than a, yes. a lucky kind of thing? Yeah. Cause he's, he's been really low in that. He's been really good at avoiding that. Yeah. I, I, I do believe it is a skill. 
Um, I probably like Gossman more than you do. I like the, I mean, the Babbitt was really high last year. I think that had kind of, that would probably uh, kind of level out a little bit. It was 363 last year. Um, I like his drop and walks. He got under 4% last year. Um, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably okay with him at the price. I think that, uh, okay. I'd probably take him over Manoa. Fair, fair. Um, I also, can I throw in more in there for you? I, I would hope that you will. Logan Webb. Oh, I thought you were going to say my guy, and you, you 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 scared me there for a second. It was same same first name. Oh, you don't like Gilbert, huh? I do not. Sell me on uh, sell me on not taking Logan Webb. I I don't think the K's are going to be there, and I, I I I I he you know and I think you know it's hypocritical of me to say like I'm I'm saying I'm, I'm fine with Manoa's K percentage, but not with Webb's. But I'm not with Webb's. I, I think the team context is going to be worse. Uh, with the Giants, I think the fact that they didn't get Correa is actually a kind of a big mark against the Giants this year, defensively and run support wise. I, I, I think his strikeout rate was more in line with like 2019, 2020. Uh, I, I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about Logan Webb. That 2021 looks very outlierish as you look at it with the with the strikeouts, especially. I mean, he was very yeah. different than he was any of the other years, which is always a concern to me. Yeah. The Giants are sneaky, not very good, right? Is that just me being uh, biased against Giants and Giants fans? But I look at their lineup and I'm like, "Yeah, this team is not very good." We, th- but the funny thing is, like, I've looked yeah. at that lineup the last. And two they scored years all, They won 130 games, whatever, two years ago. Yeah. Was, but then last year they got that. They yeah. came back to level, right? I, I think the Diamondbacks are going to challenge them. I don't know if they'll surpass them, but I think they'll challenge them. Uh, they have this all this young talent that's bursting through the seams. Yeah, uh, they're going to be fun. You, I assume you saw the Corbin Carroll triple the other day? Yes. Uh, I even <laughs> tweeted it out. Yeah. Fast. By the way, MLB.com's film room is awesome. Uh, you can find anything there. Yeah, that is uh, it, that was an unbelievable – he's just so fast. Where uh, Where's Corbin Carroll going in the main event? Are we talking uh, like three, four turn kind of craziness? He might be. At I least so four, four or five at the latest now. and you know He won't, he won't get to four or five in my league. So I'll say this. This is why when people ask, why would you ever do an early league? Corbin Carroll is why you do an early league. Jordan Walker is why you do an early league. You don't get bargains like that later on. That is uh, that is a, that is definitely a fair point. I tend to not do early because I'm just not ready to draft. It's just well, yeah, and that's a, different. Yeah, it, it is. But I, I I do understand. I while I don't don't do them or prefer to do them myself, I do understand that there is a uh, there's definitely that uh, that upside of kind of getting in before uh, before everybody people that are late like me and get jump in. I think is everybody researches as more, um, you know, all that ADP kind of consolidates a little bit, and that's a that's a fair point. I think that uh, I think Corbin Carroll is gonna be really 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 good this year. Yeah, uh, I. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I hope so too. I just, I think I, as I'm much a player as, I want to root for as much as we talk about the Jordan Walker, Helium, I think the Corbin Carroll helium is going to be the real thing as we get to the main event. I think that's going to be the guy that just flies up and everybody's going to want to jump up and get him before someone else does. He was already at the four or five turn in scarf today. So yeah. So my, uh, my guy here is the other Logan. It's uh, it's Logan Gilbert in Seattle, uh, ADP of 117. Really good 2022. Uh, ERA was 3-2. WHIP was 118. 13 wins through 185 innings. Uh, big workhorse kind of guy. Uh, I just don't like all the other stuff. The K rate fell. It went down uh, went down 3% to 22.7% while the walk rate rose a little bit. Swing strike rate uh, kind of fell in line with the, with the K rate. So it's not like those, uh, you know, maybe he just wasn't getting the strike. I was still getting swing strike. It fell from 12.5% to 10.8%. Um, 
Card contact's the issue for me with Gilbert. We talked about how Manoa is really good at that. Um, Gilbert's not. Uh, last two years, 44.6, 45.6. He was fifth percentile in hard hit last year. You look at like an XERA, uh, ERA predictor was 37th percentile last year at 4.11. His ERA was 3.2. That's a pretty big discrepancy there. Does throw hard. Fastball's like 96. Um, slider took a step back. Uh, whiff rate went from 38% to 25%. I feel like his skills dropped off from 21 to 20, 2021 to 2022, although the numbers got a lot better. Uh, the heavy innings were obviously big, so that you know brings the strikeouts in bulk there. Um, I just find myself in this range. There are a lot of other pitchers I like a lot more than, than Logan Gilbert. I think that uh, I think that uh, he's going to throw 180 innings again. I never like to bet on that. Um, I just think there's enough going in the wrong direction with Gilbert that I will take. Uh, I'll take other guys in the range and be pretty happy about it. Yeah, uh, I, I can see it. You know, it's it's noteworthy in the last couple of weeks. His teammate, George Kirby, is going ahead of him, going ahead of Logan Gilbert. I would uh, I would take George Kirby before I took Logan Gilbert. Yep, uh, and so will the, most of the NFBC crowd uh, give, by about 10 picks right now. Give me 22 picks later. I'll take Nick Lodolo with an extra round and take someone else in front of Gilbert and take Lodolo a round later. All right. He looked good today. I like hearing that. Yeah, I like hearing that. What uh, Hunter Green or uh, or Logan Gilbert or Logan Webb? Obviously not Webb for you. Yeah, uh, Lodolo over Hunter Green. That's oh, my take. All right, that's a good take because that's thirty picks of difference right there. That's two rounds. Yeah, I, I have a lot of you know, but I I have great fear about any Reds context though. Ballpark sure. and team and run support and bullpen and you name it. I Ability to keep their pitchers healthy. I feel like Lodolo is really close to being really, really good, and I'm willing to take the risk that uh, it may take some hiccups to get there. But I think by the by the second half, he's gonna be really, really good. I agree. Give me a quick before we get out of here. Uh, we're about an hour oh five. Give me a, a reliever or two. Uh, relievers are tough because there's just not that many that go very high, and the ones that do are uh, go there for a reason. As I was cycling through them, I was like, up oh, stud, 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 and I was like, oh, kind of want all of them want to get one of them, but uh, give me a couple, a reliever or two that you find yourself uh, avoiding and taking other guys instead. How about this? I, I would take Iglesias and Presley over Devin Williams, uh, even though, uh, and I would probably, and I would avoid Ryan Helsley for the price too, uh, because I do fear a little bit about the usage for Helsley. Let's go, let's stay with Helsley. Okay. Uh, I mean, he was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't get that many saves. You know, th- I think there's a managerial I wouldn't say whim, but managerial preference to kind of use them sometimes in other high leverage situations where Gallegos gets save chances. And he's not going to tell us really when that happens too. So I think there's a little distrust when you're spending a top 10 pick on a, on a closer, he better close. Yeah. You know, I agree with you on Helsley. We talked about him before I was going to leave him, uh, leave him for you. Uh, I'm going to go kind of a similar whim managerial whim to, um, I don't think I'm going to take Camilo Doval at pick uh, pick 112. Uh, he never was re- Kapler, huh? Never Kapler. He was really good last year. 67 innings, 6 wins, 27 saves, ERA 2.5. I worry about uh, I worry about the walks and the whip with him. Uh, whip last year was 1-2-4, and that's where the that's where the walker comes in. It was 10.5% last year. Um, we've talked many times. I hate closers who walk guys. It drives me crazy. K-rate fell, too. Like He pitched a whole season last year. Obviously, he came out in 2020 and was just gassed out of the bullpen out of the minors. Uh, fell from 33.9% to 20.5%, so a little bit of drop there. Swing and striker is still really good. He still has nasty stuff. Um, they signed Taylor Rogers, and that concerns me because Taylor Rogers is a lefty. If we get some situations where got a couple lefties coming up in the ninth, I think that I think Kapler will go kind of mixing and matching a little high-leverage stuff here. I don't trust Gabe Kapler at all. It's just the way that I do it with, uh, with closers. 
Um, StatCast page looks really good with Doval. I'd like to dig in and, and find something negative. There's not a lot there except for the walks. Um, I just think a pick 112. I'll, I'll take a hit or I'll take another closer. Uh, I don't think I'm going to end up taking him at 112. There's kind of an area there. There's a gap with closers that you either got to get the pit, the closers above Duvall and Helsley. I guess Kenley Jansen kind of hangs out in that tier too a little bit sometimes. I, uh, was, but, uh, I was on the turn in TGFBI and I found myself totally trapped and I missed all of them. Yeah, exactly. And that, and then that's just the thing is I think you have to be aware of where you're going to take your closest. We always talk about this. Or you, you know, just got to realize you're going to suck it up. It's going to suck. You're going to pass on someone you really, really like. You just have to do it to get one. Yeah. Uh, and it hurt. It hurts to take one early though. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, we've done this before, like yeah. breakfast before the main and we're like, they're all going to go by the fifth round, yeah. right? The ones that you like. So you either have to do that or you have to say hello to Scott Barlow in the ninth round. Um, yeah, I just feel a lot okay better. Too. Yeah, it is. I just feel a lot better about taking a bat or a starting pitcher I really like in the eighth or ninth round, and I'll feel good about it there. I think I'm going to – you never know how drafts can work, but I'm going to do my best I can in the main event to get one of those top eight, nine guys and just, just suck it up and do it. And then when do you get your second if you get one of those guys? A little bit later. The, the, I have to look at the exact rounds of some of these guys, but uh, you know, Evan Phillips, uh, Kyle Finnegan, 12, 13, 14 found something like that. So you are going to be able, you're willing to do that. Okay. If uh, I get an anchor up top, yeah, I'm willing to get a second guy. Then maybe speculate on a third guy. Um, we know the guy that I want is Reynaldo Lopez. So I'm about to figure out when I need to take him. Cause I think he's going to start moving up too, but that's the guy that I want. He already get. is starting to move yeah. up. That's the guy I want to get as my third. And I think it's going to be uh, harder than I think to do it. Once that uh, once main events happen. I agree. I don't think I'm the only one that likes him by any means. Yeah. I mean, are you willing to hold your nose and take Daniel Barden like the 12th round? I'm not. Okay. I will. I mean, if I don't have one and I get stuck, like I don't want to say I don't. And then someone looks at my team and I have them. Um, something went wrong. If I, if I take Daniel Barden. Okay. I'm going to give you another one here. I think it's someone that you probably agree with me on. I think we talked about him. That he's moving up to is Pete Fairbanks in, in Tampa. Uh, ADP right now is 186 last two weeks. That's I don't think that's even close. That's not even it. Not in the drafts I'm in. Nope. Not even close. That includes like I just did last two weeks. That includes cut line and stuff. So the relievers aren't really fairly uh, done in there because the cut line, you don't have to take relievers. It's just pure points. So uh, he's going to be a top 150 guy. Uh, he, he was great last year. It was only 24 innings, and I don't trust the Rays. So it's kind of a combo of – Small sample. He was nowhere near the pitcher he was the years before. Like he was way, way, way better. He maybe he just figured it out. Maybe he figured something out. But I'm not going to bet on 24 innings in the top 10 rounds. Nor am I going to bet on the Rays uh, giving someone more than 15 saves. Yeah, if that ADP were real and it was 180, I'd take him there happily. But me too. But it's going to be 130. Yeah, exactly. 100% agree. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to take him as I get into closes. I realize I just want to get one of those top guys. I'm just going to eat it and do it. And um, is there a particular reason you don't like Devin Williams? I. Don't love again. It, it's I don't mean you don't like him, but I know you're gonna say you, you take the other two guys over him. Yeah. Um, team context. Uh, he wasn't happy about the hater trade. Play had a kind of a couple struggle struggled outings after that trade. Maybe a full offseason should that won't matter anymore. But he uh, he walks a lot of guys. That's the thing. He does do that. He nibbles around a little bit there. I just I and I really like Presley. Presley, you just know what you're getting with Presley. If he's healthy, he's getting guys out. He's striking guys out. He's just getting saves, and that team's going to win a ton of games, unfortunately. <laughs> it's good to know. I mean, I, I, yeah. You're I, I apologize to, to Astros fans out there, but obviously I'm an A's fan, so I do not like the Astros, but yeah. uh, they're going to win a ton of games. They're going to be really, really, really good. Wow. Just a, just a topic that came up tonight, and I don't know if 
a single Diamondbacks relief pitcher got drafted in Scarf tonight because <laughs> I I could not tell you who's going to close for the Diamondbacks. Um, I don't even know if there's like anyone I would speculate on there. Right, Melanson. I, I don't mean, want Melanson. Right, a Chafin's like more of a lefty setup guy. I don't think he's going to close. Do they? I don't know if you know. Do they have like a triple A guy who's a stud that might come up and close? I don't even know. That's a Miguel that's a, Castro, Joe Goforth and Mantiply. Um, you just I don't brought know. it up so you could say that, didn't you? No, I, I didn't. But oh, no, God, they, have, the they have they have Cole Solcer in their in their triple A bullpen. Yeah, that that's never come back to haunt us. Oh, they got uh, they Kevin got Uris, still there. They got Uris Familia in their triple A bullpen. Holy hell! Yeah. Wow, it's, this is gross. Yeah, there is. Maybe, I don't, have we ever had a team where a closer might not even get drafted by any by anyone? I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I I really don't think anybody drafted him tonight in this fifteen team thirty round draft. Kevin uh, Ginkle. I, and if you look at ADPs, they're in the five hundred. So, yeah. Someone in the chat mentioned Ginkle also. Kevin Ginkle at all? He, I just he, he's there. He exists. He was okay. Uh, his whip was pretty high last year. His ERA was low last year, but. Oof. <laughs> And it's a team that might win a few games too. It's not yeah. like we're talking about the A's or the Nats where, you know, who cares? They're going to win 58 games. Like, do you really care about trying to speculate? I mean, I, the Diamondbacks could be a 500 ish team. Yeah. Uh, as I, as we were talking about earlier, I, I mean, they have a lot of fun young hitting ta- yeah. talent. I Even mean, if they win like 73 games, that's all, that's a, that's someone where you're going to want a closer. Yeah. And the thing is they could be really good defensively. If they, ha- if they go with the outfield alignment that we've seen a lot in spring training with Carol Thomas and, and then McCarthy, they're going to yeah. catch all the fly balls. That's a lot of that's a lot of there's a lot of speed out there. Holy hell! Yeah, I mean, I, I have to look at Thomas, but I mean, uh, McCarthy's 98 percentile and Corbin Carroll's 100 percentile, so that's right there. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and no, then we can't, we can't draft Melanson, right? You could, but I won't. I shouldn't. His whip was one and a half last year. Strikeout rate was 14. percent My God. Yeah. Uh, I, it seems like. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Someone's got to emerge, though. Where's Where's Archie? There's Bradley always someone. We, you know, there's just you know, there's always like oh, I don't see it, but someone will emerge. I mean, they might just say Ryan Nelson, you're in the bullpen, go close eventually. You know, could be you something like that. You know what's interesting about the about the Diamondbacks in the situation? I tweeted about this earlier this week. I don't know if you read my tweets at all or not, Jeff. But I try to. Um, there's so many of them. Th- yeah, I'm really an active tweeter. Uh, they are a team that plays four games in week one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're a really good team to grab one of those guys. They play uh, They play four games. Um, they play four games at the Dodgers. They may not win any of those games. But, um, you know, that, that first week, it's a half week. So it's the, the season starts yeah. on a Thursday. There's, there's 10 teams that play four games. There's 20 to play three. You know, finding seven, eight starters can be really tough. Uh, I think it's a week where you want a middle reliever. Uh, maybe you steal a win, steal a save, get a give you strikeouts. Arizona's team where they play four games. Maybe you want to grab one of those guys, and if they get the first save, who the hell knows what happens? But uh, right. that's an interesting spec team because you can grab any of those guys, and you know maybe maybe the Dodgers kill them and you regret it. But you know you get one save, it turns into two. Uh, any of those guys could run with it. Uh, they might be a team where you maybe in the thirtieth round you grab a guy and see what happens. Yeah, Lavallo still the manager there? Uh, I believe so. Yes. He's been notoriously bad about uh, naming closers. Remember in the past where, you know, he, he's hinted the whole, at one. the whole Archie Bradley year yeah. after year. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Melanson year, he's really good was in San Diego. So it wasn't in Arizona. They paid, they paid Melanson, right? Right. Right. So, but 
point is he's a hard guy to read. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, your point about the, the the four games that's that's noteworthy. Yeah, I mean, um, I think you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna take zeros or have a f- hard time finding seven starters in those weeks because I mean the guys that go games one, two, and three it's it's a little different than other short weeks are gonna be the one, two, three stars for every team. You're not gonna have seven guys who are top one or two star three stars for every team unless you really draft a lot of pitchers early. You're gonna have some zeros. You're gonna have guys that go twice the next week. Yeah. Uh, you know that last round. You take a guy that's going to throw four games and you just you just drop him for another player the next week. I mean, you're going to drop your your late picks anyway. Sure, uh, might as well just do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a reliever on one of those four game teams for sure and, and use them that week. Yeah, and you're going to probably take some ass starters too, probably. But uh, although you're not going to be not too many fourth and fifth starters are going to get any work in that first week either. Yeah, they're not they're not they're not going to play. So you're not going you may have them, but you're not going to you're not going to be able to use them. Yeah, so I I took uh, Karen Chak in the thirtieth round today. Uh, and I'll I'll have him active that first half week. Yeah, I mean that that's one that uh, that works pretty easily right there. You just you just use them, and if you want to drop, them, you need somebody great. If not, you want to keep them and see what happens. Also great, they play uh, they play four games that first week at Seattle. Yeah. Maybe you could steal a win. Well, uh, yeah, maybe steal a steal a couple of wins, and uh, you're you're on your way to a winning season right there. Yeah, you, get, you channel your inner Tom Wilmhelmson there. Oh and, uh, man, I was gonna drop that name. You beat me by like five seconds. Nice. Somewhere, somewhere, the rogue drafter is uh, is get, still getting those wins. Oh yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> man, he owned the Japan series. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Well, I appreciate uh, appreciate everybody listening. Jeff, anybody else you want to talk about? No. I think we hit a lot of good fades here. Hopefully, hopefully helps people out. We're gonna do. Uh, we do targets next week because you're gone. I think the weekend, a week after, so we're gonna do targets and kind of right. our guys who we're drafting. We'll kind of go position by position there and uh, talk about some guys we are drafting to flip the script a little bit from this week. Want to thank everybody for listening to the uh, Roto Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We want to thank uh, Fan Tracks and Underdog for their sponsorship of the podcast. This whole offseason has been uh, really great with them. Uh, if anybody wants to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensen. Other than that, hope you guys have a really good week, and we will be at everybody uh, next week. Talk to you then. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.